0: that's outstanding like a farmer in his field
1: well if that isn't some juicy content
0: can something be both solid and juicy at the same
1: time i'm gonna pull some fast gotcha questions carry
0: on james carry
1: on you know what craig that's a good call
0: certainly hope we all see something coming in the air tonight different from what we had in 2020. How are you everybody? Happy New Year. I'm Craig Galbraith, Executive Editor of Channel Partners and Channel Futures. This is Coffee with Craig and James. Joining me, as always, our resident millennial, our news editor for Channel Partners and Channel Futures, Mr. James Anderson. James, how are you?
1: Hey Craig, I'm doing really good. There's no better way to start 2021 off than with the uh, the best drum roll off of all time courtesy of phil so, oh yeah great selection
0: yeah. that phil by phil oh, always nice. gets me going for sure mm-hmm. for sure 2021's a new year buddy how you doing
1: i feel good i i feel energized ready to kick some butt make some friends nice do some networking let's see what we can build this year let's be yeah. optimistic
0: Let's do it. It's been a crazy couple of weeks uh, already on the political scene. Fortunately, this is not a political podcast, so we can avoid some of that talk, uh, which is probably a good idea anyway.
1: thanks the Lord, yeah. All yeah. right, so uh,
0: let's uh, talk a little bit about what you've been up to. We're coming off the holidays. Uh, I understand you uh, managed to brave the friendly skies. Uh, how'd that go?
1: It was nice. I took my new girlfriend to mm-hmm. meet the parents. Whoa. The rest of the family in Washington. I I live in Illinois, and so that was actually my first time seeing my family in a whole year. I showed up with a a new friend, and wow. uh, we ch- we were safe. We um we went there early, like two weeks before actual Christmas, and and left a week after New Year's. So tried to be pretty safe about it, and you know I bundled up big time.
0: So you avoided probably the biggest crowds then, so that was a good thing.
1: Yeah, we uh. Stayed away from the fray. We did, uh, did first class. It was, it was pretty safe. We all have clean bills of health. I had the N95. I had, uh, I, I bought some ski goggles for it. Um, my girlfriend is such a trooper. She wore those stupid ski goggles with me. My sister, who's actually a COVID ICU nurse, is like, why? You don't need to wear this, dude. You do not need to wear, it, but I, I just I wanted to wear it. You were
0: being responsible. That was good, and I can't wait to share the photo uh, of you guys on the landing page of this podcast because it's like you're like not even recognizable. You're so so bundled up, and your faces are so covered. It's great.
1: Yep. You know, it's 2021. It's the future, and in, in the future, we we look like we're in sci-fi movies. and that's <laughs> that's what it felt like.
0: Yeah, it, it feels like the future, but at the same time, now for. One of the few times in history we want to go back and relive the past, which was uh, not being so bundled up and face covered. So hopefully that's coming for us soon.
1: I felt very nostalgic lately.
0: There you I'm go. Nostalgic. Well, you know, as they used to say, or they still say it, on Saturday Night Live, we've got a great show for you. Coming up on the show, Bob Demarzo, yeah, our new content lead for media and events and our boss, James. So, you know, we got to be a little careful here how we describe him.
1: Will be on my best behavior.
0: Yes, absolutely. So he's going to be joining us. He just joined the Channel Partners and Channel Futures team here a little more than a week ago. He has amazing experience in the channel, uh, known by so many people. We're just looking forward to what he's going to bring to our business coming up.
1: After that, we are going to meet with Bill Power and Darcy Nealon to. Agent channel powerhouses to mm. learn about a new industry organization that could be very important for your business.
0: Exciting! Looking forward to that. That was a good teaser. You didn't give away too much, but you uh, you got people enticed.
1: Yeah, don't give them everything. Never give them the full <laughs> bill of goods.
0: Yeah, that's right. Not that they couldn't just scroll a few minutes ahead uh, on this podcast, but. Uh, in case they didn't know that we won't tell them all right so i find resolutions to be a little cheesy james and uh, usually just disappointing uh, when we don't wind up fulfilling them certainly that's happened to me a number of times in the past so i thought we'd talk a little bit about what we're most looking forward to in 2021
1: okay i'm with you on that let's give it a shot
0: all right so first category is what else the channel stating mm-hmm. the obvious here it's got to be our homecoming show we didn't get much of a chance to talk about this one on the last podcast because it had really just been announced. And unfortunately, your schedule and my schedule didn't align after Thanksgiving to get in another one of these podcasts released before the holidays. But finally, finally, it appears the channel is going to be able to get together once again in person at what we're calling our homecoming version of of the Channel Partners Conference and Expo in November. Now, this is a short flashback for you because it seems like you were in high school like a year ago, right?
1: It's true, I was was practically in diapers, Craig.
0: Yeah, for me, it's like uh, the Stone Ages when they were uh, chiseling rocks. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, after two years away from in-person events, uh, we'll be back at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas this November for the biggest and baddest Channel Partners Conference and Expo. Ever. No, I do not think that's an overstatement.
1: Really, it's not. The anticipation has built so much in my mind. People are socially starved. Mm-hmm. They miss their networking. They they miss seeing their channel buds. And, you know, I miss mm-hmm. it too. I miss hanging out. I miss hanging with you and, and my predecessor, Kevin. And, and the whole channel partners squad, the whole channel squad. So, I mean, personally... I'm truly excited for it to show up there in Vegas vaccine in hand. Well, it'll already be in me. I won't be, maybe I'll bring an expert to vaccine with me just for whoever, whoever doesn't have it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. And you know, we're going to have a link to that, uh, to more information about that on the landing page of this podcast. So check it out while you're looking at that. Keep in mind, we've got another show coming up. We're going to do a virtual show in the meantime, in the spring, and um, that's going to be popping as well
0: definitely not scrimping on the content for that event either it's march 2nd through the 4th we're going to follow up the success of our fall 2020 virtual event with one more three-day online bash speaking of things to look forward to james while we're still finalizing parts of the agenda let me hit you with this our popular debate series from last fall is back that's right this time we'll have a hearty discussion around marketplaces a super hot trend uh, threat or opportunity for the channel
1: that's going to be a hot convo craig the last two shows we've had a very hot conversation over channel convergence telco msp it telecom agent convergence people are fascinated intrigued and they get a little testy over that topic And I think Uh this whole marketplaces conversation is something that maybe stokes a little bit of fear, a little bit of concern, intrigue, and there is opportunity. Um, People really, I think you're going to have some firm opinions on this. I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Also, uh, we've got Forrester analyst Jay McBain lined up to moderate that. And we're in the process of setting up a debate on 5G, market maker or myth?
1: so many questions craig so many literations um <laughs> I, I noticed a couple other highlights on the agenda we got crowd favorite janet shines she's going to kick off the show with the keynote on the difference between being a competitive partner and those who are not competitive looking at uh, some of the js group's year-long analysis which uh, obviously were impacted significantly by the pandemic
0: yeah for sure for sure and of course we'll have conference education tracks around emerging technology And the business of the channel with some nuggets you can take home, well, you're already home, but you get the picture, to improve your business. That's just a sampling of what's coming up at Channel Partners Virtual. Again, March 2nd through the 4th, we'll drill down on some of the sessions on future podcasts leading up to the event.
1: Oh, yeah. You can always count on this theme of promoting 2021 to turn into a little self-promotion, right?
0: (laughs) It won't take you long as co-host, uh, James, to realize that it usually does. Yes, it usually does.
1: Didn't you also write a blog for Channel Partners Online and Channel Futures, which goes into a little more detail about what we've got on the agenda so far?
0: I did indeed. You've been checking out the websites.
1: I do. It's uh, I, I write for them every day, Craig. It's it's my job.
0: Oh, that's right. What What's your title again?
1: News editor. Craig, you already said that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I said that in the beginning, didn't I? Uh Short memory. Uh, Anyway, I will provide a link to that blog on the landing page of this podcast as well. Uh, Okay, so since we like to sprinkle some fun into this podcast on all kinds of topics, James and I will later touch on what we're looking forward to in popular culture a little bit later.
1: Yeah, but for now, I think we're going to stick to business. I want to make a very good first impression on the new boss, and uh, I don't want to scare him with my millennial aura.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's probably too late for that. Uh, trying to look intelligent after your airport story. Oh boy. All right, James, we are kicking the new year off in style with our first guest. He is new to our channel family, but certainly not new to the channel. He is the new content lead for events and media here at channel partners and channel futures and James our new boss. So we've really
2: got to be on our best behavior here. Oh, okay. It's
0: It's Bob Demarzo, Bobby D. How you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I had to laugh. I, I, far from your new boss, guys. I'm working for you, right? I'm I'm just here to help you guys, but uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you guys have done a phenomenal job in documenting what goes on in the channel, on the MSP and the telco side. So it's just great to be part of this team. So Craig and, and James, thanks for having me. We are
1: honored. We'll, we'll
0: certainly remind you of that Uh comment that you made about just being part of the team you know the first time you were yelling at james about his bad behavior
2: <laughs> exactly thank you craig i'll let you do that so james it'll be indirect from me you'll hear it from craig but it probably you might go. come from it, me. there you go.
0: It'll, it'll come right come right through me the middleman. Yeah,
2: yeah. craig well, knows i'm a rambunctious
1: fella
0: hey bob welcome to the team it's it's really great to have you you know you're very well known on the channel but uh as far as our loyal casties go here on the podcast for those folks who don't know you thought maybe you could uh, share a little bit about your background in the channel, which is quite
2: extensive. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I really had the had the pleasure and honor uh, guys of growing up in the channel, right. Um, you know, from long ago and, and kind of seeing the channel mature, get to know a lot of the players, uh, certainly on the solution provider side, you know, and the vendor side and the distribution side and all the great thought leaders and analysts that are out there. So, you know, I've really, I've really seen the channel grow and morph and evolve. Um, people ask me, you know, the, I'm sure you guys will ask me this later, but people ask me, you know, why, why did I stick around the channel for so long? And and the answer is simple: it's it's really an exciting place to be. It's very unique in business, and you get a chance to spend so much time with these entrepreneurs that are putting together solutions. I don't care what kind of solutions they are, right? They're, they're really the technology underpinning of American business and international business, you get to spend your time with them. And then the large, you know, and emerging vendors that they work with, and everybody in that ecosystem, it, it's been it has been nothing but amazing. It's been educational. I've seen um, so many great success stories over the years of, you know, these companies growing and thriving and doing amazing businesses. You know, you just, you, it's just amazing. You take company like Sirius, you know, and Worldwide Tech, you know, which are really giants in business, not just in, in the channel. And I witnessed the growth of those organizations. So guys, I, I, I would say I had a lot of fun over the years watching it and being part of it, documenting it, and and helping organizations. And let me tell you, I I see nothing but amazing growth going forward, right? We're we're almost at a new chapter. And Craig, I I love the fact that I'm working for an organization that has channel futures as its core, because it's really about the future of the channel, right? We're on on the precipice of such amazing things as far as the channel goes, and and really a new channel, a new generation of leaders is stepping in. Absolutely.
1: Now, Bob, I I know you've... Been on board for about less than a week, so this probably isn't a fair question. But what kind of goals do you have in this new job? What what do you want to share with the audience about what you're what you're hoping to achieve
2: here? Yeah, I mean, you know, you got you got me on day four. James, so thank you for that. I have all these ambitious and lofty goals. I, I'll tell you, it just comes down to serving your audience, right? And and being mindful of what makes this community tick and what they need, right? You know, whether it's from our media properties or our events, what do they need? You know, they need to be, to lead to new opportunities. You know, they want to establish new relationships, strengthen the ones they have. They want to, you know, meet New providers of technology. I don't, I don't think my goals here are, are different than in any other position that I've had in and outside of the channel, right? Because I, I just didn't have a career um, in the channel. I did. A, I did a few other things, James, too. But um, I, I think my goals are that just you know, just to make the channel better and to have a positive impact on the team that we have. Right? We got a great team here, right? So, so my goal is is if you want to know the truth, James, my goal is to represent you. In the market and Craig in the market that so people understand that you guys are great thinkers and great leaders and that we can help their organizations grow and meet their needs. You got you got to just start with the channel, right? And what those executives and those founders, you know, want at, from their businesses, right? And and what they want to achieve. And if you start there in sort of that, that nucleus. You're going to be successful no matter what you do, and you can help you'll, along the way. You'll help vendors and disties and everybody that's part of the ecosystem. So that's that's really a very a very high level view of, of what do I what I want to achieve. And I would ask you this as a young guy, you know, in the channel and and having a voice, you know, what are your goals? And Craig, what are yours? I'd love to hear from you guys. Since I'm only day four on the job, I would love to hear from you guys on that. Yeah, I mean, I can
1: I can start first. I want to really dig deeper into the partner perspective this year really talking to the agents and the MSPs and the VARs and really get more of the the voice from the ground perspective. We've got some really solid relationships with vendors and and masters and and disties and really just learning more and more about the firsthand experience of partners and, and documenting that more and more. That's that's personally what I'm
2: angling for this year. Greg, it sounds like he's got some channel fever there. James, that's good to hear.
3: I got a fever!
0: You know, mine are some of the same, uh, particularly in regard to our events. You know, we're trying to attract a more diverse audience of partners to our events. And Bob, I think that's one of the ways that uh, you're gonna really help us out a lot is that uh, gravitas, if you will, that you have with the uh, MSP and the IT community. Some of us here are uh, have really been rooted in the traditional channel partners online side of the house which was a uh, telecom based and we have a great uh, telecom and agent based community that listens to this podcast and it's been part of our events for many many years you know going back to the uh, late 90s in fact you know 25 years back but uh, we continually are trying to grow that MSP and var audience we're looking forward to seeing how you can help us uh, grow that
2: Craig I, I would say you know I, I would just like to say based on the point you just made that base is the envy of all of all our competitors that are out there. We have such a great working relationship with the the telecom industry, the channel, the agents, all the all the people that you talk to daily. Um, you know, and James it relates to the question you asked me about my goals. And one of them is just to continue that, right? We we don't ever want to lose that, you know, connectivity and connection to that audience because it's so important and it, you know it's such a core part of our business. And Craig, you captured it right. It's like how do we add on interest? Um, an attraction to the MSPs that are out there that want other voices, right? They want to hear from, they want to hear from what we've got to say about where the industry is going and where the opportunities and how they can be, you know, how they can be better leaders of their organizations, right? And identify opportunities that will help them grow. And, and James, it's, it sounds like that's where you want to focus your efforts is really, you know, helping those partners identify those opportunities. And look, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are trying to meet payroll and pay their bills and grow their companies, just like every other business, you know, that's out there. Right. So, you know, I think that's great to hear guys, you know, really happy to be here and and to be part of this initiative.
0: You know, I'm curious, Bob, uh, as you've uh, looked at the channel here over the past year, I would think that you can provide uh, maybe a depth of perspective in this business that some of our loyal casties don't have uh, in particular in regard to the pandemic we've all been dealing with. And as it pertains to the channel, uh, anything there's ever been that you can compare
2: it to in this business? We were talking about that earlier. No, there isn't, right? I mean, if you think about the channel's evolution and maybe some revolutionary moments that it's encountered over the years, you know, in terms of, you know, whether it was cloud or the move to services or, you know, embracing more, you know, software models, um, I don't think there's been anything like this in. And it's interesting, right? I have a, certainly a lot of friends in the channel, you know, on both sides, but the solution providers were having a, a tremendous degree of success through the pandemic, helping their customers stabilize their businesses and, and, you know, kind of getting them through the pandemic, right? And now, you know, that we're into 2021, it's like, okay, now, you know, help them grow, right? You know, what, are, what do you do now? So, A, there's never been anything like this, right? B, it's had a, uh, you know, and and in some cases, solution providers are embarrassed to say it's had a positive effect on their businesses, right? Because their, their billings are up. And this isn't, this isn't completely across the board, but their billings are up. many cases, their revenue is up. Their closeness with their customers has increased. So, and the other part of that is you're, you're always trying to push your audience to evolve, right, and change their business models, you know, so they, they remain in business and, and they remain very relevant. And I think through the COVID crisis, a lot of the, we'll say this, you know, the smart channel partners that were focused on the future really evolved their businesses, right? They, they almost were forced to make moves that they, they knew that they should have done, right? And we kind of all know what that list is. So I, th- I think that was the net effect. And now, I mean, I don't think anybody could say that we've ever seen anything like this, but it, it's been amazing to watch. And I guess, Craig, what we, we can say, and I'd, I'd love to hear your views because, you, you know, you've been at it a long time yourself is, you know, did it really accelerate this evolution of the channel, right? And, and dare I say, weed out some of the players that didn't make the investments, right? That were kind of stuck in an old, you know, an old business model, right? That, that couldn't keep up, you know, with the new demands of supporting remote workers, of providing, you know, security and, you know, and moving, you know, customers into the cloud,
0: Yeah, it's been fascinating to watch and you hit it on the head right there. That's what everyone will tell you is those partners who have moved into those advanced services uh, things, as you said, they probably should have done uh, a couple of years ago or even even further back. Those are ones who have thrived and those who haven't have have certainly struggled. And I know there is some, I, I guess, I don't know if guilt is the right word. But absolutely, what you were saying there is hesitation to kind of uh, brag about that. But we have seen this year, some partners in our audience have had the best year they've ever had. And it's been crazy, while some of their customers have not. uh, But they have certainly helped them in ways that they never probably imagined
2: that they would before. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing that I saw, and this is interesting. I guess this is kind of brewing a little bit before. COVID, but really accelerated, and and I'd love uh, for you guys to uh, chime in, the amount of money that came into the channel from private equity, you know, and we'll say in other investment sources to back MSPs and solution providers, right, that were trying to fuel their growth or make acquisition, boy, there was a lot of money that came in, right? Mm-hmm. And and you even look at, you know, at some of the major players, you know, like Datto and, and others that, you know, went public, raised money. Uh, it was pretty amazing <laughs> What happened in the channel from a finance perspective, right? Those people are usually pretty smart and understand, you know, uh, the ROI and payback they're going to get. They know they certainly know something and have seen something, you know, in this space, right? That 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 makes me feel real good about the financial stability and future of the channel. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, I know we saw uh, just for example, Toleris uh, getting some private equity. I think was it was it Ingram Micro that that uh, there
2: was changes the, there in the, terms of yeah. ownership, right?
1: Yeah. yeah so definitely and and the people i'm talking to they're they're investing they are they are pouring more and more money into this because they they
2: believe the time is now to to dig in and yeah, yeah like- that's pretty exciting right because we haven't seen that right on both you could kind of say on both sides of the channel right we'll say on the, whether it's the voice the data side or the you know the, the telecom channel and in the and the i.t providers right we've seen it you know as you're saying we've seen it on both sides that's pretty extraordinary Right. You know, it goes back to Craig's question. Like, you know, what changes did COVID drive? I mean, I would have never imagined we've kind of seen that influx, you know, of finance, right? And investment. Shows a lot of
0: confidence. It it is exciting to see. Absolutely. Hey, I bet on the channel, guys. Right.
2: Would you? I hope so. That's right. Put my money. There you go. Well, you get a chance to do that at, uh, in Vegas here in November. Well, yeah, and I'm the world's worst <laughs> investor, so don't listen to me, guys.
1: <laughs> Craig Craig bets too much on fantasy football, so we have to hold him back uh, every now yeah, and, and then. Yeah, but so. I keep
0: winning, James, so, it, you know, it, it's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'd love to know, Bob, the perspective of a person who hasn't been inside this channel partner's community looking at our events the events we put on like uh, the channel partners conference and expo channel partners evolution and now channel partners virtual like what does someone who's not in this organization like what do those events seem like to you what's your impression of them what does an outsider observe about those over the years
2: broad question but what do you think when I was on the outside, I was always jealous of you guys. I thought you did a phenomenal job, right? Just the, the sheer list of speakers that you have and the expertise that you bring in, the, in, you know, the large number of people that attended live. Now, let's hope we get back right I'm, I'm doing the sign of the cross here and knocking on wood, right, that we get back to live events, you know, safely. Um, and securely at some point, and certainly you've done an amazing job on the virtual side. But it, I, I think James, it comes down to this, it's like, this is the world's largest or the, you know, the North American's largest gathering on the channel side, right? And just the depth of the agenda and the number of people you bring together and you know and, and just the amazing think tank that was established as a result of that that you know from a peer-to-peer perspective and from a vendor to partner perspective and it was just amazing I, I i was always impressed by what what you guys do and i think we know from great you're right great coaches uh, in sports, Greg, back to back to sports that, you know, you study the competition and you you have certainly, you know, you better respect what they do. And you guys were just amazing in what you accomplished. So congratulations. And that's not easy to build that kind of agenda and attract that kind of crowd and really have that amazing footprint. So yeah, James, that's, that's kind of where I was at. I'm really happy to be on the inside because now I'm seeing it firsthand and, it, and it's, it's pretty amazing. Well, and people are chomping at bit to
0: get back there to live events uh, too, Bob. I remember that when we were first introduced to you probably a couple months ago uh, before you officially came on board last week, you know, I expressed some hesitancy. I thought, uh, you know, are, people, are we sure that people are going to want to come back to live events when we're offering all these great virtual offerings out there? We'll be doing hybrid versions of hybrid, you know, live events and virtual right. and so on and so forth. And there may be some of that. But since then, I have completely changed my tune because ever since we announced the homecoming event coming up in November in Las Vegas, it's unbelievable how much enthusiasm there has been around that. And that we have this other virtual event uh, coming up here in March, uh, March 2nd through the 4th, that we're going to be able to bring some more great content to the channel community following up what we did in September. So, you know, it's an exciting, exciting year ahead. Hey, Craig, I would think,
2: and James as well, guys, I I think people are anxious, right, to get back together, right? I mean, certainly you want to pick and choose the right virtual event, right, that's been sort of the bridge, and those will probably continue even when live events come back, right, because that's how we're consuming information, right? So there might be certain elements that will always exist in in a virtual setting, but, you know, this is is an industry. You you know, you asked earlier, Craig and, and James, about, you know, what has changed and, and what's the, the one thing that hasn't changed is the channel always wanted, no matter what part of the channel, right. And we cover both ends, right. Uh, both spectrums, no matter where you are on the channel, everybody wants to get together in a face-to-face setting, right. Yeah. To, you know, do business, learn from their peers, right. There's been an explosion on the, on the, you know, the P2P side, right. Learn from vendors. So there's no doubt. I think everybody will be anxious to get back together and maybe kind of in a different way. And we'll and and maybe we'll be supplementing that you know with more virtual um offerings as we go even if you go to a live event like right, what would you do afterwards right in terms of consuming certain things that you couldn't get to um you know on demand or in a virtual setting so yeah i i i think it's just an, an amazing period on the event side um you know we've got a great march virtual event and you're right man we're ramping up a phenomenal november event and i i can't wait i really can't wait
1: yeah, I am counting down till November. I'm curious, Bob. Uh, drink of choice for when we get to that opening reception? What's What's it going to be?
2: <laughs> Holy moly! Well, you know, uh, that's a great question to ask me because I do have a, a fair lengthy list. But I think I'd probably go with the bourbon old fashioned, right? Because he's okay. got a little tradition um, in there, and you know, maybe because of my roots, maybe a little Campari and soda might get yeah. mixed in there as well. Yeah, maybe a Negroni maybe to kind of be hip there, James. I don't know. There's, Fair the, you know, I think that'll get us going. Yeah. Maybe just a little right. Scotch, maybe a nice little 12 year old, 15 year old Macallan. I don't know. Are you going to join me?
1: Oh, definitely. If, <laughs> if you're open, I am
2: getting, getting warmed up, getting warmed up. <laughs> just getting warmed up. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: hey,
0: Hey Bob, last question for you. With it being a, a new year, uh, thankfully, <laughs> What are some of the trends you're looking at maybe either technology or business or both uh, that
2: you think uh, the channel should be watching in twenty twenty one I think everything on the channel partners and channel futures website you know we're we're spot on you know with every, with the key trends right whether it's partners trying to figure out ai security cloud continued support of remote workers you know modernizing the data center you know upgrading infrastructure i mean I think those are all those are all evident. I think that the major trend that I'm watching, and it's going to be interesting to get feedback uh, from this podcast and certainly our reporting going forward is, you know, what is your leadership and management style for 2021 and 2022, right? There's no doubt. Everybody came through a very difficult year um, in 2020. I I, I would say most leaders and, and managers and their staffs were exhausted, right? It was a really tough year. So I really look on what leaders are going to focus on to continue to grow their businesses? How do they do that, right? So I think the trend is: what's your role as a leader in a, in, a, in really identifying right those you know the tenets of it? How do you take your organization forward? Is it are you going to are you going to go through merger? Are you going to acquire somebody? Are you going to go out and and raise some additional money, or or are you going to partner in the areas that? you're traditionally not strong in, right? And just say, hey, those are my weaknesses and I'm, and I'm going to form partnerships there. So I'm really looking at from that from that perspective. I think the tech, the tech trends are really self-evident and it, it's just going to be you know driven by what the customer needs. But I'm really watching from a leadership perspective how those solution providers will reshape their organizations. when I mean solution providers, it's everybody, right? It's, on, it's both on the, the telco and the uh, data side of the house. So that's the big one. What are you guys looking at? What are you guys excited by? Yeah, no doubt. I think uh, strategy strategy
0: yeah. is not necessarily something that uh, is particularly exciting sounding, but I think now is the time uh, if there ever was a time to really look at the next, not just the next year, but to develop that five year plan for your business, because as what we talked about earlier, uh, the partnered businesses that have succeeded have uh, gone out and tackled some of those advanced services that we were talking about, and, and that's how yep. they did it. So if you haven't really gotten on board that train, now's the time. How about you, James?
1: I think there's definitely a lot of M&A, a ton of M&A that's going to happen in 2021. Um, I see more and more of that happening in the uh, in the master agent side uh, and obviously in the vendor side. Then I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how improved mobility expands the edge In 2021, what – people talk about 5G so much, so I don't want to be that guy. It's like, oh, I'm looking forward to 5G. Hey, be um, that guy. Be that guy. (laughs) That's uh, real.
2: I I would be that 5G guy.
1: I think it's going to become more real in in 2021, and the edge edge of our offices and and where we work and how we work, it's going to expand, become more and more flexible, and people are going to become even more and more scattered. And where they are working as technology is more and more able to connect us as we're farther away from each other.
2: Hey, Craig, I'll throw a curveball at you on that question, right? So we talked about the business trends and the tech trends and, you know, over the last minute or two. I think the big trend that we've got to watch and dig into is where's the customer mindset at? right? Where is that middle market customer, which has traditionally been the sweet spot of the channel and certainly at the enterprise side, right? What does that customer want from his his channel partner going forward, right? We know what they did over the past, you know, we'll say, you know, year through COVID, but how does that dynamic really change going forward? I think that's the big one, right? Because those customers have got to be looking at their service providers and their solution providers in a completely different way today, right? The the relationship you know, dynamic has changed. That's the biggie, right? And we've got to really get inside that, you know, what's going on between partner and customer and identify the key trends there. Couldn't agree more. Bob, thanks
0: so much for your time today. You're welcome back anytime. And, and like I said before, James and I are gonna remember all those nice things you said about us uh, earlier and we've got it on tape. So <laughs> there you go.
2: Hey guys, it's good that you, that you said publicly you'll have me back. So I'm looking forward to it. You got it. Good talking to you, Bob. Same here, guys. Well, I'm really looking forward to working with Bob,
1: Craig, and I'm not just saying that because I have to, he seems like a good guy. (laughs) I
0: think Bob's the kind of guy, James, who would respect you, uh, even if you didn't say that you felt like you had to. But absolutely, really looking forward to working with him and seeing what he's going to bring to our business.
1: No doubt. Well, let's get back into uh, the stuff we're looking forward to, Craig. You want to talk about pop culture?
0: Yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, what are a couple things coming in 2021 that uh, you're excited for? I mean, I can tell you, I've watched more television probably in the past nine months than ever before. I did get a little more exercise, uh, but still, there's only so much time in the day. I'm not quite keeping up with the Kardashians. But, Let's get this uh, show crackleacan. But uh, you know, I'm more in tune with some other stuff on the boob tube.
1: Yeah, no, I've I've been a streaming maniac these days. Uh, I talk to me. Well, I started The Mandalorian. Um, you know, to catch up on the Mandalorian and, and understand all these season two references. There's so many. I decided that I'm gonna I'm gonna binge Clone Wars, the, the animated series on Disney Plus. I got that going on, so having a, quite the Star Wars kick. I don't know, the girlfriends got me into watching The Bachelor. Never thought I'd say that, but you oh my know, very, yeah, very intrigued about. Uh, I set up my bracket, seeing if I if I win the bets on on who makes the final cut. And no, uh, no,
0: I no, no, I can't, I can't believe you did that.
1: I I have no idea. Had no idea what I was capable of, Craig. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, it happened. This is your last
4: rose tonight. It's the final rose tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, another thing that warms my millennial heart. Nickelodeon, I guess, is into streaming football games now. So <laughs> yeah the channel that i grew up on i guess they're gonna try to host my adult life now so that'll be fun that'll be very fun
0: yeah i saw they were, had some slime going in the end zone there right wasn't that kind of the highlight of the day
1: yeah was that actual that was not actual slime right i believe
0: it was done virtually oh, yes okay. I, I did not actually see players slimed uh, that might have been a little distracting
1: okay soon though soon
0: yeah yeah well, that's some uh, that's some crazy stuff that I would have expected a, a young millennial like yourself uh, to come up with.
1: That's what we do, Craig. That's what we do. Now, what do you got, Craig? Uh, you know, what's your generation looking forward to? Well, you know, I
0: don't know if it's my generation, but uh, you know, I was seeing some of the things that are coming uh, this year in entertainment. Did you know there was going to be a Friends reunion? I guess that's coming coming pretty soon. But, uh, believe me, everybody my age was uh, sitting around the dorm room or, or wherever watching uh, Friends every Thursday night because you may recall well, you wouldn't because i think friends started before you were born anyway yeah. uh, it was must see tv that's what they said uh, on nbc back in the day
2: smelly cat smelly cat what are they feeding you everybody
0: you know i guess the other thing uh, when it comes to a visual medium would be the matrix four you know the matrix was uh red hot revolutionary back in the 90s uh, kind of my day looking forward to seeing what uh, keanu and the and the crew can do with the matrix four uh, that plus, uh, you know, probably any new music that might come from some of those uh, '90s era bands that I I like so much.
1: You know, it's interesting. You you know, you make fun of me for the millennial stuff, and then you give me your '90s playbook. But you know, I gotta say, I love The Matrix as a Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. I love that stuff. I eat that stuff up. So I'm I'm excited for you. Actually, Craig, do you know what I watched on the plane back to Illinois?
0: Was it perhaps The Matrix?
1: No, it was uh, Bill and Ted face the music. <laughs> you, you proud of me for, for uh, making that selection?
0: That's, yeah, that's uh, like your, your sort of thing, right? Kind of. I, I got to think about that. I, I've actually not. I don't know if I'm embarrassed to say it. I probably shouldn't be. I have not seen any of the Bill and Ted's movies. So but maybe I should.
2: What? A, what?
1: <laughs> Craig. I,
0: I know, Craig. I know. I it's, know. Uh, it's crazy. You would think uh, you would think I would have, but I haven't. So I'll have to do a, a whole marathon sometime.
1: Are you telling me I'm more Gen X than you on this?
0: I'm I'm becoming a little concerned.
1: No worries. <laughs> you, no worries.
0: You know, I, su- I suppose we all fall back on our coming of age times, if you will.
1: Right. But in the 90s, you were like, were you coming of age at that time? You were, you were in your 20s, right? Hey,
0: back off, buddy. Not until uh, 93. And it was late in 93. All right. So uh, enough of that. I'm excited about uh, this next topic that our next guests will expound on. This is actually something you introduced me to, James. Uh, You want to set this one up for our loyal casties?
1: Yeah, so we're talking to Bill Power, who is the CEO of Agent Alliance. Really towering figure in the Master Agent channel, and we're going to talk to him. We're also going to talk to Darcy Nealon. She's the CEO of IQ Wired, and she is also a legend in the Agent Channel Worked a lot on the agent side, and you're going to find both of these people are are pretty fascinating folks, and they've got a pretty intriguing topic. They uh, are introducing a group called TCSP, Mm. that is Telecommunications Channel Sales Professionals, what looks to be the agent channel's first lobbying group. Now, this touches on some interesting topics that have been going on in the channel recently some topics that partners should be really aware of because it actually could really impact their business and they're going to talk to us about the aspects of the channel that they're trying to save so i'm very excited for this
0: do we even need to talk to him anymore that took so long it's like geez pretty much sold us everything i uh that was the opposite of your last tease Uh, You had a good tease earlier, and this was, like, a really in-depth. So, you know, I'll I'll give you kudos
1: for that. One good turn deserves a different one. (laughs) Bill and Darcy, welcome to the show today. How are you doing?
4: Great. Thank you. Good to be here. Great to have you guys. Thank you. Yeah,
1: we excited about what you have to say about the initiative you got going on. I think the channel's going to love to hear this. So, do you mind by starting and and talking a- about what you normally do in the agent community? What's your role? How might people have heard of you before? Give give us a little, a little bit of background.
4: Sure. I've been in the telecom and technology industry since post divestiture in 1984. So some people say that every year working in the telecom or tech industry is like dog years. And if that's the case, then I'm well over 200 years old at this point. (laughs) (laughs) At least it feels like it some days. But over the years, I've worked in a variety of different positions. I've been with the providers uh, on the sales and operations side. And actually back in uh, 2010, I joined IQ Wired, which is a women-owned, women-run company and agency here in um, Denver, Colorado. I was the VP of sales until 2015, when at that point, the owner and founder of IQ Wired, uh, who is Tatiana Finkelstein, asked that I take over as the CEO. And so I've been in this role since then.
3: I've been really fortunate to have had several different careers, you know, from which I've learned a lot and experienced a lot. My, my first career was 15 years with a trade association in Washington, D.C., where I headed up the government affairs efforts uh, representing small charter airlines. And uh, through that, I, I learned how the government works or doesn't work, how Congress and the agencies uh, get things done, and more importantly, how to get things done in that weird environment. But more importantly, I really experienced the benefits of how like-minded people coming together, like-minded business people coming together can really kind of raise the water level for everybody. I left that association in 1991 with my coworker and good friend, Greg Prasky, and he and I formed a telecom agency uh, called ARG. We did not know a thing about telecom, uh, but we loved the residual income business model. So off we went. We made tons of mistakes in the early years, but we fell back on our experience that we gained from the association and realized that we really needed to be in relationship with other people that were in the same business, but that were a lot smarter than we were. So actually in uh, 1997, we reached out to uh, Phone Plus Magazine, which of course is the precursor to uh, Channel Partners now. And we called them up and uh, asked them for told them what we were trying to do, asking for some names of agents uh, around the country. And uh, we started getting on the phone, calling those agents, introducing ourselves and explaining that we'd like to get together to talk about the business. And that really in 1997 was the birth of what is now the Alliance Partners. And the Alliance Partners is a consortium of 16 agencies, uh, Darcy and Wired being one, uh, very highly successful master agents, direct sellers. Been together for 20 plus years now, coming on 25 years. Uh, In 2010, I sold my interest in ARG and became the full-time CEO of the Alliance. So I've been facilitating that group for the last 10 years. Darcy, when she got involved with this uh, rural healthcare issue that we'll be talking about today, and she had gathered up a number of other agents that were impacted by that issue. She asked me to step in and help facilitate that group. So uh, I'm, I'm now uh, serving as the president of uh, Technology Channel Sales Partners Association. Essentially, guys, I'm a professional cat herder.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, Bill, we appreciate the cooperation we've had with you for, for many, many years. It's uh, taken us back down memory lane to be talking about uh, Phone Plus, which of course was the the magazine, both print and website when I started here back in uh, 2008. And uh, of course it goes back about 10 years uh, before that, as you mentioned as well. So uh, we look forward to continuing to work with you and your organization. So speaking of that, uh, James did set it up a little bit before we started this conversation, but the, the TCSP, let's get into it a little more. Uh, what's the vision for it? Uh, what do you hope it'll become?
4: Well, if you don't mind, I think it's I think it's helpful to understand kind of what what spawned the creation of it. Uh, first in order to really understand what the what the vision is for it. Because um, this, uh, you know, as I as I was mentioning to you before we before we got started, it wasn't like Bill and I were sitting around twiddling our thumbs with nothing to do in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) There's always a lot of work to do. But, you know, one of the things that I think in terms of how did it happen, how did it get started? You know, Bill mentioned a little bit about the fact that, you know, we we kind of got some people together and, and started um, some some affected people together and started talking. But uh, to back up a little bit from from there, uh, I think to really understand it, you, you have to have a little bit of basic understanding in terms of what is it. So what, what spawned the creation of TCSP was a uh, an issue that we ran into uh, that that really kind of came to a head last year. Um, and it was it was an issue around rural health care. Rural health care is a is a program that is administered by the um, the USAC organization which is under the direction of the Federal Communications Commission. So it's a it's a government uh, a government agency that basically monitors this program and doles out government money to qualified recipients of this rural health care program. So in order to be uh, a a qualified recipient of the rural health care program, you have to apply. And if you apply and if you follow the rules, you can get as much as 65 percent reimbursement towards your services. And and in the you know, when this program was originally rolled out, it was rolled out specifically for rural healthcare organizations, so not-for-profit hospitals and mental health care providers. That was sort of the initial scope. That funding began to extend towards uh, some urban hospitals that, that became part of, of, of consortiums that were built between rural and, and urban hospitals. And so the the funding essentially that they the, every year the FCC would allocate funds, which are actually coming from the Universal Service Fund that we all know and love, that we see on our you know our bills, right? And that money comes from from that particular fund, and that fund is used to to fund not only e-rate but rural healthcare. So as the as the funding started to overtake the The amount of money that was available in the fund, the FCC started reviewing the program, and in their review, uh, they became aware of some practices that that had occurred that had they felt created an unfair competitive advantage for uh, a particular service provider and so they started really kind of digging into the program more and as they did that you know they again the, the whole goal was to create fair and open competition and in their mind what they what they realized is that um, having third-party consultants which you know again in their mind agents are are third-party consultants that that was going to prevent the ability for, uh, for them to, to verify that there was fair and open competition. And so essentially what they did is in August of 2019, the FCC announced changes to the program that would essentially eliminate the ability for agents to work with those not-for-profit health care clients that participate in the rural health care program. And so that's kind of just a, a background on that. Now, I will tell you that the service providers at that point, they were they were the ones who were really engaged with the the lobbyists and the and the lawmakers, right? So they attempted to seek clarification on our behalf uh, because they knew the value that agents provide to clients. Um, and so they they attempted to to seek clarification and to, you know make it, uh, known to the FCC that you know we weren't we weren't actually creating the problem uh, we were helping actually to keep the costs down and helping to create competition but unfortunately um, their efforts failed and in may of 2020 it became apparent that we as agents would be barred from working with these health care healthcare clients going forward and in fact we would quit being paid for services um, that had, in some cases, already been sold, even, if we weren't able to demonstrate that, that those services were, were evergreened under some specific provisions that existed in the, um, in the language, the, the FCC language. So it was a big deal for some of us agents because, you know, we had been working with healthcare clients um, going back to 2010. We had a huge base. And for us, this represented a, a, a massive hit financially and so it was sort of interesting because there was a group of people I, I you know, reached out to some people, as Bill mentioned, I, I'd reached out to to him as part of the alliance and um, started reaching out to some other agents and found that other agents were concerned as well. Not just because of the book of business that that had been impacted, but the potential impact that could result because, again, the language was so nebulous and that was really what we struggled with was just trying to understand because every, every service provider has a different understanding of what that language actually means. And so the concern was, again, if this is, if this is related to government money, you know, what, what happens when, when they start looking at E-rate? What happens, you know, when they start rolling out more funds for rural broadband? You know, where does it stop? And so that's really where the, the, the beginning of TCSP came from is, is kind of, as Bill mentioned, I, I reached out to him and he, you know, is amazingly good at herding cats. And, and so we started to, to look at the feasibility of forming a, a nonprofit that would be focused on regulatory issues that impact the agent community so that we wouldn't be caught off guard again.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's a, a clearly a complicated issue, and, and uh, agents need advocates like yourself to be stepping up for them uh, in this area, uh, bringing this to light. So uh, I guess, yeah, let's bounce it over to Bill uh, to pick it up from there and maybe where you see the organization going from here.
3: Yeah, so as Darcy said, this uh, FCC ruling really caught us off guard. You know, We only found out about it uh, well after the fact. And... Uh, when, when the group that she pulled together started talking about what do we do, you know, the, the horse is already out of the barn at this point. Uh, but we, we kind of got our act together, decided that our best course of action was to raise some funds, hire a high-powered D.C. lobbyist to help us put together a petition for relief and to advocate that petition. And so that's what we've done. We raised about $70,000 in the course of about a week. We did a search for a law firm slash advocacy firm, interviewed several and landed on uh, working with an organization called Wiley Law. Wiley Law is very experienced in FCC matters. We've spent several months constructing a petition for relief and, and the petition itself hopes to clarify for the FCC that sales agents are not bad guys we are actually a very valuable asset in the technology purchasing chain and so we will be submitting that petition well let me let me back up we in 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 the midst of that effort we realized there there had to be an entity that kind of sponsored this effort and rather than that being one of the Affected agents, we all realized that uh, it would make the most sense to create a nonprofit trade association to kind of lead the charge. And so we went through the process of creating technology channel sales professionals. We filed all the necessary corporate paperwork. We are incorporated, we have a nonprofit. Tax exempt application in front of the IRS now. We expect that to be approved in the next few months. And so TCSP was formed. Uh, Darcy is the chairwoman of the TCSP. I'm the president of TCSP. Other members include Tolaris, Intellisys, TBI, and uh, several other uh, master agents as well as direct selling agencies. So we We retain the services of Wiley Law, we've written a petition, Uh, we're putting the final touches on it now, and expect that to be filed uh, most likely before the end of the month. That kind of brings us to uh, what the vision for TCSP is. So our vision initially is to be a regulatory watchdog for the agent channel. Uh, you know, the, the the technology sales agent channel is one of the very few industries that does not have any kind of professional association affiliated with it. It's time to do that. So, TCSB's vision and mission is to be a regulatory watchdog to create uh, mechanisms such that we are aware when future issues come down the pike, whether they're legislative or regulatory so that we can get in front of them. This uh, rulemaking that Darcy mentioned, there's a comment period. Whenever FCC or any other regulatory agency is contemplating rulemaking, they put out a, a notice in the Federal Register and provide a period for affected parties to comment. Well, there wasn't a single comment from any entity related to sales agents. But we want to make sure that doesn't happen again.
1: To me, that's really, really interesting and you touched on Darcy. I think you touched on these these other aspects that not having a trade association could impact us. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned rural broadband. So, just kind of looking forward into the future, what are the action steps? How can partners get involved? Just kind of take us through the the next few months and how, as a channel, can we come together on
4: this? so i think and you know what's been really interesting is is working with with the group that we have you know as bill mentioned as part of establishing this tcsp we 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 built a board Uh, And we and we've been working through, you know, these issues, trying to, you know, trying to essentially create this this organization so that we will have that voice. We will have our own association because, again, it is time. We are no longer outliers. We we are mainstream. And I think everyone knows that. Um, you know, for for customers, the preferred method of of purchasing is generally through an agent at this point, a trusted advisor, right? So the amount of collaboration that we've had within our group has just been amazing. and, And that's what we want to continue to do. So what we're doing right now is, as Bill mentioned, you know, a big, big to do is to actually petition the FCC. So that's kind of we're we're going to be doing a couple of things simultaneously. One is petitioning the FCC, but the other one is we need people to comment. You know, during that open comments period that that bill was referencing. Once we file this petition, we need to be ready. We need to have our agent community really weigh in and and ideally not just the agent community right the 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 providers as well because they're impacted by this too and our customers you know the healthcare uh, providers have been really impacted during during the worst possible time they lost their resources when they were already battling with the the effects of having to try and and shift gears and and deal with the COVID pandemic. So the timing of this has been has been just very injurious, I think, to to many, many different, different businesses. And what we're looking to do is to to organize and and galvanize everyone to say, hey, you know, take the time, we're gonna create a, a website so that people will be able to to find out how they can get involved. We're working with master agents uh, so that we can send out communication to the agent community and and other and other ways as well, so that we can make sure that everyone's aware uh, what we're attempting to do and can help you know weigh in and comment because that's going to be what it's going to take is for is for the FCC to realize, to Bill's point, that we're not the bad guys, you know we're actually performing a service. Uh, generally, you know, at, at no cost to the customer. Right. And, and we're encouraging competition. We're getting more, you know, more people involved. But there are some some, you know, some definite requirements that, that have to be met. And we just need to make sure that, that we have the structure in place to be able to do that. So initially, it's just really getting people engaged, commenting. And then from there, you know, we'll continue to keep building it out.
1: Yeah, I think we need to send out the beacon and say, "Channel partners assemble!" We should flood the FCC with comments. Well,
3: we we really
1: should. And
3: when you first start looking at this issue, if you're not uh, serving rural as an agent, if you're not serving rural healthcare customers, you think, "Oh, well, this doesn't apply to me." But it actually it can. Uh, Without getting into all of the weeds, Darcy mentioned in her kind of initial comments about how some urban health care facilities are incorporated into this rural health care program. And so in reality, an agent that has a hospital in downtown New York as a customer potentially could be impacted by these rules. And in addition, FCC has publicly stated that they want to, quote, normalize the way that they handle all of these programs under USAC. That's a scary term to us because that means uh, they can take the same approach for all, for those other programs that are handled uh, under USAC. So, any agent that is involved in education may also feel the brunt of this uh, rulemaking. So, you're absolutely right, James. This is not just uh, a very small handful of, of of affected agents. It can have widespread, far-reaching ramifications.
1: Well, Darcy and Bill, we're so glad to to have had you come on the show and we're wishing you both the best and let's keep in contact about this issue and um, let's get this
3: done. Thank you so much for the time today, Craig and James. You know, we'll look forward to getting you guys more specific information once we've gotten this petition filed and we're, you know, blowing the horns, asking for support. We know we can count on your support to help get
4: that word out.
3: Thank you for that.
4: Yes, thank
0: you. Yeah, we'll we'll follow up. We learned a lot today. Thanks to both of you for joining us.
4: Great. Thank you.
0: All right, James, uh, great to talk to Bill and Darcy there. A couple powerhouses, as you mentioned, uh, before we started talking to them. Uh, Bill, been a tour de force in the Agent Channel for a long time, truly one of the pioneers. Uh, As mentioned, our relationship here at Channel Partners uh, goes so far back, and he most recently participated in that Channel Convergence debate uh, we mentioned earlier from uh, the last fall's virtual event. Uh, So he's still very involved with our brand and no doubt will be for years to come.
1: No doubt. Yeah, Bill rocks. Darcy is an incredible force for the channel as well, and it was good to meet her. For the first time in the last few weeks she's awesome and be on the lookout for what she's going to be doing the leadership that she is producing
0: yeah true friends of agents uh, no doubt all right uh we're just about to wrap things up here but before we go since we've been looking ahead to 2021 all cast long i thought it would be a good idea since it's a new year to take a look back at coffee with craig and james from 2020 and play some of the really great highlights. Cool. Uh,
1: I like the idea that would be great, but...
0: Our producer, we don't have one, prepared this juicy montage of what we affectionately call CWCJ for our audience.
1: Okay, Craig, uh, but I just want to say expectations should probably be low here because...
0: Roll the highlights. Our resident millennial, James Anderson. James! How are you?
1: We're not (laughs) worthy. That's how I feel. I'd love to make fun of you for your generation, but I'm... got nothing, man.
0: Hmm. I think maybe it got cut off somehow.
1: Craig?
0: Not now, James. Trying to figure out what went wrong with the clip.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. We've only had one episode of Coffee with Craig and James last year. Remember? I just just joined as co-host.
0: Ah... Well, it's probably just as well. Probably would have taken our producer a long time to edit together something really long like that. All right, so leaving you as we often do, either with our exit or our entry, uh, Green Day is 86. And why? Because, of course, this is the 86th episode.
1: Craig, I think I am such a buzzkill here. I'm so sorry. I think this is actually episode 87 of the Channel Partners podcast.
0: Ah, oh, my gosh, it's gonna be like that, huh? Anyway, despite this setback, I'm still very confident that 2021 is going to be a big step up from 2020. I know I couldn't find any songs in my library connected to 87, that could've been another one that was probably an issue.
1: Understandable, it's totally understandable.
0: Yeah. Anyway, if you'd like to download the archive of Coffee with Craig and James, just go to SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, type Channel Partners online into the search bar, Or you can find us on the flagship channelpartnersonline.com. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We'll catch you again next
1: time. Have a great year and be excellent to each other.